Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. It's me, Al. Welcome to another podcast of the Pin Tool Podcast. I'm sitting down here by the cool Tuscarora Creek, and it's running right along, friends. Um, I'm sure you can hear it. Uh, We've got some pretty heavy rains off and on, and major downpours for short periods of time, which creates flash flooding a little bit, but nothing crazy. So I just wanted to give some updates Um, It's been pretty warm almost everywhere and I've been doing a lot of inside things right so I've been taking a little break and I ended up getting up early and doing drawing and reflection and reading so I've been trying to get up an hour earlier every morning so that I can do all that and that was prompted by um, the Jewish study group and Jewish community I've been hanging out with who invited me to participate in their community. So so that was really nice to be included into an Orthodox type setting. And uh, I, I really enjoy it because the literature and the ideas there are very scholarly And I I really enjoy that kind of thing. And I really love ancient Near Eastern literature. So I was really happy they they allowed me in. And I have a book study tonight, actually. And uh, so that'll be kind of fun. Blueberries are in. Um, Blueberry Haven, just up the road. It's gotten a pile of blueberries. And me and my wife plan on going up there on Saturday this week to pick the blueberries and it's been really warm so I'm pretty sure as long as they aren't waterlogged um, they should be they should be pretty decent blueberries this year last year we picked two buckets not a whole lot but just enough to make some blueberry muffins and for my wife to do some blueberry jam friends there isn't anything like it uh fresh picked blueberries and strawberries um in jam upon the orchard they're not going to be able to open this year uh jane's orchard got hit really bad with a heavy frost early spring and it totally wiped out the apple and cherry harvest and it was a very sad thing so we had our first meeting uh, with local businesses for the pumpkin trail in October. And a lot of the locals are getting ready for that. And that's always a fun time. So I need to start making pots for the pumpkin trail. And I plan on doing uh, baking dishes. And I had some big ideas, right? Now, what I've been thinking about is on a baking dish. Uh, A lot of times when the lids go on, 
they're, they're ruined because of the handles. Uh, I always thought, and I came to discover that a baking dish lid should have dual purpose, not only uh, for a lid, but also as a serving bowl. So I said to myself the other day, self, I'm gonna start making all my lids to be able to be flipped and to be used uh, as a bowl. So from now on, uh, I think I'm gonna try a bunch of different things and find out which look on the form of a lid I like to be the best to be able to flip that and have it be a bowl. Now this isn't anything <laughs> revolutionary because <laughs> I'm sure other people have done it. It's just something that, you know, uh, the lids take up space, right? So you might as well be able to use them as serving dishes. And everybody has a lid cabinet or a lid drawer trying to figure out how to store the things. So you might as well be able to use it, put it upside down in that pot, you know, and uh, store it away. Also, I've been thinking about handles, some nice handles. I, I like putting built-in handles into the forms because I always thought everything, all arms and hands and feet should stay inside the bus so they don't get knocked off when storing things and washing things, right? So I try to think about that uh, functional-wise. So it's nice and cool down here by the creek. And today it was a little bit cloudy. The smoke from Canada rolled in a few days ago and flared up my allergies. My eyes were itching and all of that. Had to do an overtime day at the paper factory. It is vacation time now. So a lot of folks are out on vacation and they needed help and some fillings. So had to sign up for the fair share. Did four days of 12s, so I was a little bit wiped out, but it's always good to do your part, right? And be part of the team. That's what they're paying you to do. And can't cry about the money, friends. It was, it was time and a half. So that was a good thing. So future projects coming up. Um, I'm working on the Gilgamesh pots in the cuneiform pots and i found a section where gilgamesh the hero in the epic discovers that he's gonna die a death because he's mourning the death of his friend enkidu and so i took a section from tablet seven i believe it was and i'm learning how to write the cuneiform uh writing so that i'm able to put that on some pots and i've been practicing and i was at starbucks uh drawing while i was waiting for my wife to get done at target because she likes to go to target and shop around a bit i was having a coffee and i was drawing and practicing some cuneiform signs that i'm hoping to put on some pots and some Jewish students came in, and right away they asked me if I was drawing Akkadian. And um, we had a great conversation, and I told them what I was doing, and uh, it was really amazing that they would pick up on that. And uh, brilliant kids, and we had, a, we had a fun time talking 
they didn't know me from Adam, but it was an enjoyable conversation. And if they told me if I ever needed any spell checks in Hebrew, uh, I could give them a text and they would help me out with some of the pots. So that was a fun thing. So you never know uh, who you're going to run into when you're creating work and serendipity and chance and all those things, fate, right, come into play once you start uh, creating. But you have to start first. And there needs to be some kind of ownership and priority, I think. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the subject today is you are not your work, right? You are not your work. Because, friends, there's so much more to you than just your work. And if you got your arm cut off and you couldn't, you couldn't make pots, right? What would you do, right? Or if you weren't able to go and do your occupation, what would you do? So the idea is not to base your identity off just the pots or off just your artwork, or off just your occupation, right? You're, you're, you fill so many other roles that you may not even realize. So that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna, well, let's stay down here by the creek, right? Give me like a minute or two. I'm gonna run up and get a coffee. And how about you all meet me down here by the cool Tuscarora Creek, and we'll talk about work-life balance, and how to balance out the many roles in your life, and why balancing it out is important. Okay, I'll see you here in a bit. Greetings, friends. Welcome back. Have a seat on the rocks here next to the cool Tuscarora Creek. Pass around the bug spray. <laughs> the mosquitoes here can be pretty bad, but it's not too bad today. It's nice and cool. Uh, if you're sitting in the shade next to the creek, right? So today I wanted to talk about work-life balance because I realized after some time I may have messed it all up, right? So before, I was so keen on creating a plan and a mission statement and uh, core values and principles, guiding principles, right? Put it all down. And a one-year plan, a five-year plan, and a 10-year plan for the pottery business. So for two years, I would take reflection time in the morning and I'd write, and I'd realize that I was beating myself up all the time because all the goals I set, I wasn't meeting. And a lot of the times, I'd be so exhausted uh, from work at the paper factory and trying to balance out the pots, uh, I had very little time to spend with my wife and do family things or to go see my, my parents who are, who are older and I need to spend time with mom and dad, right? And I had to balance all that out. And at times... I would bankrupt all the other areas of my life for the pots and for the paper factory. And that was just getting exhausted. Like I'd get burned out. I'd be like, oh man, 
I can't read. I don't have time for free time. Uh, I had a lot of things going on all at the same time. And I would try to do a little bit by bit to keep things going to put and even out some money in those accounts using the metaphor of money uh, and bank accounts, right? Because if you're just putting everything into one account, a lot of times the other accounts can get drawn down, uh, both in relationships and in um, well-being, right? Because you're not taking care of yourself. And I happen to be reading the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in there, Stephen Covey uh, talks a lot about the idea of the uh, work-life balance. And I happen to realize that while I did all those things for the business, created guiding principles, core values, mission statement, one-year plan, five-year plan, ten-year plan. I, I never did that for me personally. And I never sat down and wrote down all the roles that I had in life and that I was trying to fill in for, uh, whether it's my family, whether it's trying to take part in community events. I love building community. Whether it's my work or the pots or reading uh, I really love um, studying literature and reading um, books and all these different things that I enjoy doing. And, and even this podcast, right? I never sat down and wrote out all the roles and personally made out a mission statement, guiding principles, core values, and things for my own life. And outside of the pots and work, like for me personally, I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do personally in one year, five years, or ten years. I mean, I had goals for the pottery and for the business and for my work, but nothing for me personally. And uh, after going through a bunch of Stephen Covey's ideas in his book, um, I happened to realize that it was something I needed to do. And so I sat down and I was like, all right, I know how to do this because I did it all for my business. How about I do it for me personally? And friends, it was so liberating. So one of the things that I decided to do was to free myself up, which means I had to say no. I had to say no to some wholesale orders. I had to say no to some custom orders uh, just to free up time for self-development, for family, for friends, and for all the other things that I wanted to schedule in in my life. And also, I had to be sure to be proactive and do first things first. Um, I'm horrible at it, friends. I procrastinate. But the idea was... and. Stephen Covey mentions it in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, that um, you start out with the small things first, right? So even in the book uh, Extreme Ownership that I talked about in the last episode, um, they talk about just starting and practicing getting up when the alarm goes off. 
And if you want to have more time, uh, find areas in your life to create time, which means taking time from less important things that you find yourself doing, less time on my phone, less time on the computer, less time fiddling around, uh, even maybe utilizing my breaks better at work to do uh, reading and thinking and all kinds of things. So getting up early, uh, I set my alarm for like an hour early and I, I'm usually pretty decent at uh, getting up. So I've been getting up an hour early for a week and I was able to do that and it changed everything because I had more time and I was able to not feel as rushed getting ready for work or um, not feel as rushed on my days off. Because during that time I would take a half hour to uh, do reflection and schedule out my day on two or three things that I absolutely wanted to do and be proactive doing um, first things first. And it could be simple things, but if you do them every single day, it all adds up into like a pretty decent mountain at the end. So I was pretty amazed at how much I was getting done by doing a lot of little things. And so freeing up time and just getting up a little bit earlier, uh, and looking for ways that I could save time when I felt like I was wasting time was a huge help. And it was a huge help on being more productive. So here's an issue that I had also, another issue. I would beat myself up if I wasn't making pots, right? So I would spend time with my wife because I absolutely had to right begrudgingly i'd be like oh okay let's go out you know i should be making pots but in my mind i'd be saying this you know or oh i gotta go see my mom you know i i feel terrible that i haven't seen her it's like you know time isn't stopping and i never get this time back i need to go see her but at the same time i'd be like oh man i should be making pots because i have all these things that i need to do but once i was able to schedule out and think about my life and not schedule the whole thing up with just one account, the pots, or schedule everything up with one account of my work or occupation, I started scheduling in uh, time for myself. So for example, tonight um, I'm going to a book study, a book club, and so that's always fun. I always enjoy that. So that's a little me time, which is uh, always good because any time you take for yourself, it's a time to absorb and refresh and not get burned out. And also, it's a break from the other things that you're doing so you don't bankrupt those accounts by continually focusing just on one thing. And Stephen Covey in that book talked about the goose that laid the golden egg and one of the things he talked about in explaining that metaphor was 
if you have a goose that lays a golden egg and you want to continue getting the golden eggs, then you need to take care of the goose. And who's the goose, friends? <laughs> you are. Because you produce all these things by being proactive. And if you don't take care of yourself, then your work and everything's going to just suffer, right? So that's what I discovered. And so I think that one of the main things that really freed me up in my thinking was the fact that the more I was proactive and the more that I scheduled, um, the far better off I was and I felt better. So now I can schedule in time to relax, read, exercise. Had a nice day out with my wife yesterday. I, I didn't beat myself up for not making the pots. And I had today scheduled to make the pots. So that was nice. And it was a load off my chest. Because uh, realizing that was an amazing thing. Um, simply because it was a huge stress reliever and now I schedule in time to draw and to think and to read and to to do all those fun things um, while I can balance things out and make pots so what I would do if I was you I would sit down and get a pen and paper or whatever however you want to do it and write out a mission statement like what you want people to say about you at your funeral now, that sounds kind of morbid but it's true and I I wrote out my own obituary on what I would like people to say about me and what I contributed um, and how I treated people and what I did maybe and all of that is progressing or thinking about the end and moving along with the end in mind. So we have the opportunity to set goals and to set direction in our lives by being proactive. And if we're not proactive, other people are doing that for us. And if we're not proactive, even society is doing that for us and we, we may not even realize it so we can change direction by setting goals on where we want to be and what story we want to tell to the world and I think if you leave it up to other people to tell your story you might not enjoy your life as much right there might there might have been some things that you wanted to do that you weren't able to because you never we're proactive in pursuing those goals. Like, you never put a dot on the map, got into your car, filled it up with gas, and drove there, right? So you have to be proactive. And I think that's one of the things that's so amazing about humans, that we have the potential to set goals and to change our views about things. And we always have a choice on our attitudes toward, towards things. So if you think about 
people who are imprisoned and people who were uh, prisoners of war and all of that. Uh, a lot of those people can survive and have survived um, by simply having a choice on how they viewed their situation. So, what you can do is start by writing down some core values that you might think are important to you, some guiding principles, and then write down all the roles that you play in the lives of other people around you and the roles that you play as yourself. You know, you play the role as, uh, for me, it would be, you know, a factory worker, uh, an artist, and um, a family guy, um, a kind of like part of a religious community a little bit, and part of the local community a little bit. And then scheduling time for each of those things. I like to do writing. I like to read books. I like to do sketching and drawing. So write in um, and schedule in time during the week to do all those things. And uh, some people have daily things that they do, like I was doing daily, but some people, uh, they do it weekly. Some people may set a weekly schedule and then do the tasks and do all the things. And then at the end of the week, they have reflection and see how they made out. So, so that's, that's what I ended up doing. And I wrote down all the things. And so I found that I had five or six roles that I played and five or six important areas of my life that I wanted to develop in. And then I made goals. I set a one-year goal, five-year goal, 10-year goals. And don't be afraid to dream a little bit big, right? And then you break it down on how you can achieve those and work towards it. And sometimes we may not reach our goals, but that might be due to a lot of different things. It might be maybe your goal was way out there, or just maybe you needed to develop more skills and needed more time to uh, reach those type of things. Or... It may not be the right time. Uh, you may just need to wait it out, have have patience, and network and plan better. So don't give up too easy. And at the same time, make realistic goals. So one of the things that I really need to do is to get that wood kiln here. So this weekend, uh, I have two days planned where I'm going to go down and start that process. And I was taking forever on scheduling time to get that done. And the first thing that I did was call the guy to lay down the pad, the gravel pad, that the kiln is going to go on. Some easy, right? Shot him a text. I, I did it in the library. And I was able to check that off. So that was a start. And I felt pretty good about that. So... As you move along, 
you can see yourself advancing and always be sure that you know where you're at and take time to look back at your progress. Don't spend a whole lot of time looking back. Just enough time to see how far you've come and to measure which direction you want to go and even if you're on the right trail. So that can free you up. Now the big sermon, if I haven't preached it already, is you are not your work. So the more I was doing all these other things, I came to realize that all these other areas of my life were just as important as making the pots and just as important as um, working at the paper factory. So a lot of times we may become disillusioned and unsure of ourselves and feel bad and beat ourselves up because maybe we believe we're not working hard enough but if you set core values and guiding principles, you can say no to a lot of things and make your life a lot more wholesome and a lot more meaningful to live um, because you're not getting burned out just trying to do all one thing all the time. And um, pacing yourself and being proactive and doing what you can can help you to not feel like you're putting out fires all the time, right? So being proactive and pacing yourself, scheduling things helps you not to feel like you're putting out fires. So you are all the roles that you fill in your life. You're not just a potter. You're not just a worker. You're not just a homemaker. You have all these other roles and you have potential in those roles to make your life better and to influence the community around you to tell your own story and have a choice in what happens to you and have a choice in how you perceive yourself, what you identify with, and also, you have a choice in choosing what kind of attitude you take to things that happen to you in your life. So all of that was probably like a big mouthful. But I, but I think that like, if people are totally involved too much and think that they are their work and their work is their only identity... Uh, when that work is gone, their life is pretty depressing and they lose meaning and they become disillusioned. Um, I know a lot of people uh, who ended up developing back problems and arm problems and rotator cuff and shoulder problems and they couldn't throw anymore, friends, or they couldn't make the pots. And um, it was pretty rough on them and it was really sad uh, to see them in disillusionment um, because their whole identity was just the one thing, right? So spread yourself out into those other accounts and don't bankrupt yourself uh, for the one thing um, because you're so much more than that. So hopefully you enjoyed all of that. And uh, I'm going to go back up to the house. 
I have some mugs to throw before my before my uh, book club, and I think I'm gonna help my wife cook some dinner and try to have a nice day off because it was sure relaxing sitting down here chatting with you all. So be well, friends, and take care of yourselves and each other, and happy potting!